Welcome to the Greenway Outdoors podcast, your trusted source for outdoor information and entertainment. The Greenway Outdoors is also an internationally syndicated TV show and conservation advocate aimed at bringing millennials and Generation Z into the outdoors. Welcome to the Greenway Outdoors. The Greenway Outdoors podcast is brought to you by Ram Trucks, built to serve Motor Trends Truck of the Year for the third year in a row. Bass Pro Shop and Cabela's, your adventure starts here. And by Tracker Boats, fish the best. Uncle Ted, can you hear us? Oh, they're connecting audio. Oh, they're connecting. Are you telling me that we actually have this technology working right now? Is that what you're telling me? I think that we're, I think we are in a brand new studio, Greenway Outdoors Custom Podcast Studio, and our very first guest is Ted Nugent, and I think it's working. That's what I think. Oh, well, you know, I made sure that I got up extra handsome just for you today, Kyle. How the hell are you doing? Let's do this. I'm, I'm doing fantastic. We got on the screen here. How do I do this? How do I get rid of this? Restart. I don't want to restart. Oh, I see. There I am. Okay. Can you see and hear me? I can see and hear you. On our end, and just to... I, let's get this straight from the beginning. You're telling me that Ted Nugent, <laughs> in 2021, actually got this apparatus to function where I am actually Zooming with the Greenway Outdoors Blood Brothers. You're telling me I've accomplished the technology. Hallelujah. Somebody give me a, some kind of an award. I think it needs to be a big one, too. You have, you have done it. And I will tell you, I was a little worried um, with all the all the stuff going on on this end. We got ten camera angles going on in here. We got all kinds of soundproofing going on, and uh, it's uh, it's all set up. Let's do. I, I suspect that we're already doing this because this opening spontaneity is the essence of dialogue. It's like a campfire. Nobody gets around the campfire and goes, "Okay, is everybody ready?" No, you just do it. Kyle, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic, Uncle Ted. I gotta ask you. You are in high spirits for somebody that just recovered from COVID-19. And I got to say, you know, you are kind of the sounding board for my family. My mom watches the Spirit Campfire every week. And I will tell you what, I got a text message every every couple hours checking up on you. And she said, will you ask him again? I said, Mom, I got to let him recover. I can't ask him every 15 minutes. But I think she's going to be pleasantly surprised by the incredible amount of energy you're already displaying. So talk to us, Uncle Ted. How you feeling? What was your experience like? Well, number one, thank you. But what you're representing, Kyle, and your dear beloved mother, which is why you are a positive force of nature in a positive world of, of uplifting, buoyant attitude and productivity in the asset column of planet Earth and beyond is because you have a wonderful mother. And guess what, Kyle? Your wonderful mother is representative of wonderful people all around the world. Yes, I got really, really sick with the Chinese virus. It comes from China. Um, <laughs> isn't it funny, back in 2019, when we all acknowledged that there was a Wuhan virus, we used the word Wuhan, everybody did. Everybody used the word, it came from China, kind of like the uh, German measles or the Spanish flu or the West Nile virus, uh, geographical designations of origins of health concerns. <laughs> <laughs> all of a sudden the standard linguistics became racist you can't call it china because there are forces in our government 
wait a minute, the force of our government, I'm afraid, is on the side of the communist Chinese. We can get into that later. But ultimately, when I got, when I acknowledged universally thousands of times that there was a Chinese virus, yeah, they say that this doctor confirmed what the CDC lied about on Monday, and then they admitted it on Tuesday, then they lied on Wednesday. So I got the Chinese virus um, about a month ago, and scary sick. I mean, literally, if I'm a fireball, no, there's no if about it. I am a fireball. I'm, I'm very alive, 72.4 years, clean and sober, cocked, locked, and ready to rock the clock around the clock, dock. Venison-fueled spiritual erections are us. Um, so I've always been very, very alive. You may have noticed this. There's a vapor trail. Get out the marshmallows and cook them at 300 yards. Um, I've always had a lot of energy and piss and vinegar because of my my carpe diem, my, my celebrating every day that God gives me another adventure. So your mother's prayers, your prayers, your team's prayers, everywhere. It, it, I, you go to my Facebook and look at the love, the prayers, the support from people with heart and soul that care. And you and I have known each other for a short time, but the words I'm using right now is the battle cry of your life. You care. Right. That's why we're conservationists. We care. We want to monitor God's miraculous creation and all its gifts so that we are stewards benefiting in the asset column of the air, soil, water quality, wildlife conditions, etc. So this is, this is self-evident truth, logic and common sense. But the, the bombardment of love Yes, I, I defied the government. Um, you have to. CDC, virtually untrustworthy. FDA, virtually untrustworthy. I could go into the alphabet soup of all these bureaucracies that are virtually untrustworthy. Um, and I found the frontline doctors, Dr. Simone Gold, Dr. Dennis, Dr. Brian, Dr. Uh, Paul, and they prescribed what Donald Trump had recommended in 2019, the 65-year proven hydroxychloroquine, the ivermectin, the, the, the zinc and the C and the D. I've always done all the vitamins. Um, and I got steroids. But I believe that not just the proven medical methodologies that cured me, and I'm still in the process. I'm not at 10 yet. Well, far is it 10? <laughs> I'm only at eight and I'm already dangerous. But my point is, is that it was not just the proven medical professionals that came to my aid and that are curing people all around the world with hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, um, the steroids, um, the, the vitamin maneuvers. How did you find those frontline doctors? Lot, lots of rest. I take oxygen. But equal to that medical treatment was the tidal wave of love and prayers that I got. It's, you know, and I've always known this, but unbelievable millions of people that just care and they care about even silly guitar players. And, and, and then we, we can't go on until I identify. That's the good. It's unbelievable, good, immeasurable good. But we also have to identify the bad and the ugly and that the global media lied 
and claimed that I denied that there was a Chinese virus. All these articles all around the world, Nugent calls it a hoax. You know, guess what, Kyle? You and I have had a, quite a dialogue, and I'm rather verbose. I know that I talk a lot because I, I'm passionate. You know, you know what word you've never heard me use in my life? And this really, that's quite a claim because I use all words. I make up words. <laughs> Beat Webster's at their own game. You know what you've never, you know what word you've never ever heard me use? Hoax. Hoax. I've never used the word hoax. I never, and they attributed that word to me around the world. I am such a beautiful human being that just by doing good stuff, it drives the devil crazy. So I, I couldn't be more proud of the good people that have surrounded me and and, and, and assisted my health return. But I'm equally moved and proud that the rottenest punks in the world hate me. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I have a list of Jews that I'm saving and the brown shirts can't stand it. How beautiful am I? I'm going to shoot an extra deer this year just to reward me for being such a good man. You know, it's very interesting when I when I was researching it, you know, I naturally I do care about you. And when I see something written about you, it makes me want to look around and see what people are saying. It's almost like um, someone being defensive over a family member. And that's how I feel. So when I'm going out and I'm reading these articles and the absolute ba bath of hatred that these articles were soaked in, they were so excited by you seemingly being down that they they need with their hatred and just dishonesty that they said look at this somebody who thinks you know we should have borders somebody thinks that we should you know follow you know guidance that we've had from trump and from others on how to handle this pandemic you were very outspoken in how you should handle it. Never once called it a hoax. Never said it wasn't real. You know, the flu is real. They call it COVID-19. We've had coronaviruses forever. COVID-19 is called COVID-19 because it came out in 2019. Um, you know, and we've had these things forever. So you're not saying they're not real. You're not saying that they're not a threat. What you are saying is you're not going to let the devil keep you from getting up in the morning and kicking ass still. And there's nothing wrong. And with I'm not going to believe Dr. Fauci. <laughs> and I'm not going to believe him on Monday, even though he contradicted himself on Tuesday, and then he contradicted himself again on Wednesday, and he's a source for meaningful information to who? <laughs> so, so I watch these people, I watch them claim that the vaccine works, and then they still have to wear a mask. Well, wait a minute. You can't have it both ways. Right. So my point is, is that um, I never went to college. I was too busy learning stuff. So maybe I don't have a medical degree. Maybe I don't have my 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 shingles on the wall, but I do have a red letchway. Um, my point is, is that I'm a truth, logic, common sense, evidence celebrator. I celebrate evidence and I get it from people who have integrity, who do have credentials, but mostly indicate unequivocally that they care. That they, for example, the, the 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 Biden administration claimed that they couldn't possibly use hydroxychloroquine that Donald Trump recommended because it's not proven, except for sixty five years. Right, as if it hasn't been tested. But I, it's so so we we don't need to delve into too much of that because we know that there is just 
bizarre dishonesty. We know that there is just frightening corruption and criminal abuse of power. So good people, blood brothers, spirit warriors in the asset column, because we are driven to be the best that we can be, we are united. But the most important thing I can say on this electronic campfire with you is that if you don't communicate with your mayor, senator, congressman, and governor, they will not represent you. you the, the worst curse in America is not the Marxists that are in control. And that's, well, that's hyperbole. And it's accurate. Yeah, it's hyperbole. Listen, I don't come and he's foaming at the mouth. Shoot him. Well, that's extreme. Yeah, and it's a good thing to do. I mean, people so stupid. Unbelievable. So my point is, is that the most important thing we can convey as communicators, Greenway Outdoors, Spirit of the Wild, my podcast, my writings, my, my loud mouth, which is what the Founding Fathers wanted all of us to be, is to encourage our fellow Americans in the asset column who believe in God, family, country, law and order, Constitution, Ten Commandments, Golden Rule, the Bill of Rights, you know, the, all the radical stuff, freedom, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. If you really believe that and live that, you need to call your mayor, senator, congressman, and governor at least nowadays monthly. The, think of the lies perpetrated, just glaring, irrefutable, just absolute lies and hate from the Michigan media against a guy who has fought hard for all the good things in Michigan all my life. What possesses those people? And meanwhile, my fellow conservatives in Michigan, did they call their mayor? Did they call the Governor Whitmer's office and tell them that we, we can't defund the police, that you, you can't tell us to wear a mask and then you don't have to? You can't tell us we can't put out our boat, but you can. You can't tell us we can't gather, but you guys do. You can, can't tell us we can't go to Florida, but you... you you just got to be kidding me. So number one, I salute you and your team, not just for a great outdoor celebration TV show, but for the truth, logic, and common sense that you are dedicated to in this culture war that literally the forces of evil are against truth, logic, common sense, and we the people. And you guys are doing a great job, and I'm proud to share this uh this culture war fisticuff with you. <laughs> well, I like that. Well, we thank you so much for that. You know, something you had talked about too was, you know, the different doctors that you had reached out to, the frontline doctors. You know, one of the things that I like to do is help people advocate for themselves. You advocated for yourself. I have a hunch that the Miss um, Shemaine Nugent probably had something to do with you advocating for yourself as well. She'd drag you by the ear if she needed to to get you to go to the right people. But Talk about how you decided who you listened to and why, and then what was your experience? I mean, what as far as why did you find those doctors? How did you find them? Once you had them, what did they say? And what made you try the you know the untested sixty-five year track record of uh, the drugs that you took? Isn't that something? Well, I think we all saw the original video of the frontline doctors at the Capitol. Um, identifying the proven methodologies of hydroxychloroquine and, and other treatments. Um, and then we saw, we, we know that the big tech gang is anti-freedom, anti-First Amendment. They will facilitate terrorists burning down Seattle 
but they won't let Ted Nugent promote bow hunting. Right. Um, uh, or, or I identify that arson is bad for your business. <laughs> and I get censored, but the guy that's performing arson is, is celebrated. I mean, it's, so when big tech literally banned these doctors who was, I watched them articulate, here's some proven examples. Here's the research on these methodologies. And I'm watching that I'm going, why, why isn't the CDC, why isn't the Center for Disease Control uniting with this evidence? Why is the WHO, of course I knew why, the WHO, the World Health Organization is a direct arm financed and guided by the Chinese Communist Party. You know, the Chinese Communist Party, the genocidal, tyrannical, murderous, enslaving Communist Chinese Party is the force behind the World Health Organization. So who would listen to them while I'm watching the Biden administration and Democrats supporting the arm of the Chinese Communist Chinese while they're... They, banned these doctors who sounded, they were showing graphs, they were showing the research, they showed the white papers, they showed the scientific evidence, and I'm going, well, that's what Trump said, but the, the, the alphabet soup bureaucracies are disclaiming it and claiming it's not proven, and these doctors just showed me the historical evidence of its proof, and then all of a sudden they vanished. They, they banned them. And then high tech banned President Trump from his First Amendment rights. They suppressed my First Amendment rights. They suppressed the, the freedom organizations when they questioned the IRS. Who doesn't question the IRS? Who doesn't question the ATF? Who was in the room that said, we need a bureaucracy that deals with stuff? Um, how about alcohol? Yeah, let's put them in charge of alcohol. That's a good idea. Why would, why would the government be in charge of alcohol? I'm in charge of alcohol, and I don't have any. Well, let's, let's, let's put them in charge of uh, tobacco, too. What? Why would you put the government in charge of a, a crop? Hey, I think guns, too. Let's make them in charge of guns. Let's make it alcohol, tobacco. Somebody went, yeah, that's a good comedy. Who comes up with this? <laughs> yeah, it's all in one group. Who put them in charge? The firearms are already controlled by the Second Amendment. We can keep and bear them. And alcohol and tobacco, really? Who who left that room and went, yeah, we can, we can get a lot of money for this organ. I think it should be alcohol, tobacco, firearms, and, and wing nuts. No, the <laughs> wing nuts is a little out there. We can stick with the alcohol, tobacco, and firearms, but I don't think that people will buy the wing nut part. We'd have bought that as fast as we buy the other ones. But anyhow, my point being is that I think we can all agree when you are honest and you look at the bureaucrat alphabet tyranny out there, they're virtually untrustworthy. When you and I are not allowed to responsibly harvest the surplus deer in Michigan using the feeding or baiting methodology that is legal in all these other states, which proves that it's sound science or it wouldn't be legal anywhere, but then we see a feeder that says USDA, and because we weren't allowed to use feed and we didn't 
harvest an adequate responsible percentage that the USDA will take our tax dollars and use the feeding methodology that they forbid us to use to clean up the mess that they caused. Who would believe anybody in the USDA? If you want to get a foodborne illness, it will have to have a USDA stamp on it. My point is, is that I have absorbed, researched, masticated, regurgitated, and rechewed all the evidence the bureaucracy alphabet soup punks are virtually untrustworthy, all of them. That being said, when big tech banned the president from the new electronic town square, you don't need to know any more than that. That's censorship. That's Nazi stuff. That's communist. That's Marxist stuff. That's Stalin stuff. And then the frontline doctors show all this evidence and the people that were cured, the people that are getting better across the globe with this proven medical treatment, and they're banned? So who would you go with? Right. It seems pretty simple. The the logic guys. I went with the believable guys, the people that had the evidence to support them instead of just some mindless decree by the teleprompter puppet um, that's virtually untrustworthy, President Biden, virtually untrustworthy for 50 years, an absolute gangbanger criminal, power-abusing, oath-violating tyrant. Who would you believe? So I went with the frontline doctors, plus I have friends that saw how sick I was and they were worried, and they came and got me, and they took me to the University of Texas uh, medical center and the frontline doctors descended upon Uncle Ted and began treating me and I started getting better within days. And quite honestly, um, I'm feeling really good. I, you could tell on Campfire, I, even not uh, two weeks ago when I was still quite sick, that I have an adrenaline uh, uh, standby. <laughs> it's a, it'd be dangerous because it can give me a false impression of what I'm capable of doing, but it works and it, it, it energizes me and it focuses me, and uh, I'm feeling really good, and I, I can't thank everybody enough for the support and the prayers, but I followed my own research, due diligence, and honesty, and if somebody lies and lies and lies and lies and lies, I'm not even going to let you lie anymore. I'm, I'm dismissing you out of hand now. And if I see proven, I talk to people, I started the hydroxychloroquine and I was better in a couple of days. I did the ivermectin, I did the zinc and the C and the B12, and uh, I got a, a vitamin IV and I was given some steroids and uh, within a few days I felt better. Duh! So I went with guys that had actual boots on the ground, hands-on, first-person eyewitness individual experience. And I'm going to tell you, um, the... The proof is in my pudding, and uh, and, and I, I know that everybody that went with the frontline doctor's recommendations of hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, um, the steroids, and of course, I've always taken D, C, B12. Um, I started with the uh, elderberry. There's, a, there's quite a, a cocktail of uh, treatment.
and and it works. I, I'm I'm proof of that because I got to tell you, I was scary sick a week ago, and I'm scary healthy right now. That's that's awesome, and I I know too. Like I said, um, for those of you who don't know about Ted's wife, her name is Shemaine. You can find her on Instagram. You can find her on Facebook. Pretty much everywhere. She's a health nut. She knows everything there is to know about fitness, health, lifestyle. Um, so check her out, and she's she she's gonna be. If you when I look for advice on the cocktail of vitamins and minerals and things that I'm taking, I look to her for that. Um, and she believes in venison. Yeah, she is the queen of the forest, and she she's just a my goodness, what a, I think God loves me more than other people. <laughs> That's shemaine to me. Um, she really is a wizard. Uh, she is uh, she is so caring. And she does research, and uh, she's so smart, and she's so energized. And they all work together, because if you take good care of yourself, your energy level goes up. And when you have the energy pursuing health and a, and a, and a responsible diet and a responsible lifestyle, um, the energy goes up, you're capable of even better decisions, and it's literally a spiral effect. So, Kyle, I think the most important thing Uncle Ted can say on any communication. I just wrapped one up with the first responders. In fact, um, I would like to promote onemorerunradio.com, all spelled out, onemorerunradio.com. It is a police, firefighters, and EMS first responders radio show that is running into uh, obstacles because they represent the police, <laughs> firefighters, and first responders. Think about that for a moment. So I know that good is ubiquitous, it's, it's, it's everywhere, but if people don't take their, their own command clean and sober, I, I literally watched a guy come out of the, the grocery store with a mask on and he would lower the mask and light a cigarette. <laughs> um, uh, my friends, I love you all so much that I would like to share with you why I am so alive and so happy. No drugs, no alcohol, no tobacco. Eat smart. If you can't pronounce it, it's not food. If you don't hunt or fish, start. If your friends are... If, if, they're, if they're obese and, and slow and unenergized, but you already know the power of venison and fresh fish, let's make this a crusade to help our friends who are unhealthy to stop. Stop with the drugs, the tobacco, the alcohol. Now, again, a beer is better for you than a Coke. In fact, Coke is... Ter I, I can't believe anybody would support Coca-Cola after they became such a racist um, organization. But I, my, all my sons and daughters and my friends, they around a camp, they have a beer. Nothing wrong with a beer. I have a glass of wine. Nothing wrong with that. But that doesn't mean eight beers or four bottles of wine. Um, health is so easy. And it begins with revering your sacred temple. And only putting good things in it. And if Mr. Hand is picking up Mr. Poison, don't let Mr. Hand go to Mr. Mouth. Don't. <laughs> and a lot of people go, well, it's none of your business. Well, okay, maybe it was nobody's business that I was sick, but they prayed for me. 
because they cared. I'm just expressing that I care. Mm -hmm. And getting healthy is so easy. And here's the question. Do you want more opening days or fewer opening days? That's the question. That's the perfect question. And, you know, Uncle Ted, as you know, I've never had drugs in my life. I've never drank. I've never smoked. I've never I've never done anything like that. I have no I have you're 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 bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. You can speak. You form syllables. You're you're mystical. <laughs> and I I worked out right before I came and recorded this podcast with you today. And those are things that I care about. And getting into more positivity. And you're such an inspiring individual. Like I said, when I was eight years old and I was gifted my very first bow and arrow, it was signed by Ted Nugent from your shop uh, back in the day. I had it in my hands. Eight years old. We actually did an article you and I kind of together on Life Outdoors Magazine. So you can check out Life Outdoors Magazine on Facebook and Instagram and see that article that I wrote about Ted and my experience growing up with him as a, a guiding light, even though he didn't know me yet. But Uncle Ted, something I wanted to ask you some, uh, fire out some quick questions that I think people would find interesting. And, and on that inspiration note, what is, what is your morning routine? Because mine is sacred to me. What is yours? Boy, I got to tell you, I... Happy, Coco, and Sadie are spread out on the floor of my cuckoo's nest. Um, most guys have a man cave. I got a cuckoo's nest. Um, I'm surrounded by so much guns and ammo and bows and arrows and batteries and sharpening stones and guitars and amplifiers. I literally, my day, I, I'm old. I'm 72 years old. I wear out my dogs. <laughs> I literally, now there's, there's September through February, where I get up every morning, no matter what the conditions. If it's a nasty morning, I'll go duck hunting. Um, if it's a nasty morning, I might even get in a ground blind. But I hunt every morning and every afternoon, September, October, November, December, January, and February. Our deer season ends March 1st in Texas, but then we have the exotics and we have the hogs and we have the varmints. So I hunt every day. I just came in before this. I did the uh, podcast with the first responders. So my day during the hunting season is I hunt hard. Um, I come back in. I use, usually hang up a deer and I gut and skin and clean and put it in the cooler. Or I get the ducks and I take photos of the dog. I film it all for Spirit of the Wild TV, which, by the way, Kyle, um, we just wrapped up our 500th episode, 30 years Ted Nugent Spirit of the Wild we started on public television and then the outdoor channel started happening but I film everything to promote and celebrate the perfection of conservation the soul cleansing powers the healing powers of nature as a participant so let's let's take this morning since it's it's May and and the turkey season just ended here and but this morning I get up and I, I don't get out before daybreak this time of year. I'll get up and put my bathrobe and I'll get down a slug of joe. And I'll sit on the deck with Shemaine and the, the white tail and the black buck and occasional owl dad and axis deer and, and the oryx. I can see them out on my Serengeti, this beautiful giant, you know, prairie that's surrounded by a swamp and forest on my our, our spirit wild ranch. And I'll sit there and I'll answer my emails and stuff and communicate with Linda and prepare my daily media activities. And then uh, by 7.30, 8 o'clock, I'm dressed and I'm jumping in the four-wheeler 
Happy's going out the door right now. And and the dogs and I get in. I get my suppressed uh, Ruger 1022. And Happy has an incredible nose. And if a squirrel's been in an area within the last half hour, he lights up. And then Sadie and Coco go after him. And here I go. I'm running around like a horny teenager with his first amplifier. I I, I take that 22 and I go through the pucker brush. And I'm running. At, we get... I sometimes get a shot at the squirrel, um, but I, I'll shoot a squirrel or two every day for the dogs. And I check the traps. I killed two coons this morning. We were on a trap line for grays, reds, coyotes, bobcat, uh, coons, possums, skunks, um, varmints. We run it year round. And I've got a beautiful riverine habitat, but I drive my property. Even this time of year, I'm feeding my duck ponds. We ran some uh, water lines so that we have duck ponds year round. And I feed them this time of year so that their ducks are, they're still here. It's just awesome. I, I feed after the season so that, because that's when the ducks show up. <laughs> well, I got to change that. Um, and, and I feed them so that the ducks go, you know, there's only been some little grits. We can get some grits in these little water holes in the woods here. Maybe we should come here next October, and I'll be waiting for them. Um, so I, And I feed. I fill my deer feeders. I, I hump bags of grain and uh, uh, big tine. This time of year, I'm putting out this product called Big Tine Mineral. I put out mineral licks every maybe 40 or 50 acres. Um I shoot my bow. I shot a dozen arrows this morning. I'm shooting real good. I just put a new uh, battery in my Matthews uh, sight because 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 uh, I missed a turkey. Oh, what? Who? Because on the last day of the season, I I can't believe what I'm hearing. A huge rope a dope gobbler come in. And the sun was too bright outside. And I have so many Matthews bows. I rotate them all the time. I shoot them all just to get different feels, even though they almost all feel the same. Tell us the story. What happened? Big ass gobbler. Ten inches. He come in, he walked by the ground blind. And I go, all right, because I'm shooting really good. I mean, I, I, I just shooting as good as I've ever shot in my life. And I draw back, and I cannot see that pin. So I reach over, and I try to turn on that. Because I'm in a ground blind. It's dark in the ground blind, but it's really bright outside. Right. I couldn't see the pin. I'm going, where's where's the pin? I can't, I can't see the pin. There's a huge gobbler. And it's the only shot I've had at one. The only gobbler I saw. Shot right under him. Oh. The, the battery had died in the sight. And the, the brightness, the Texas sunshine on the outside of the blind, I, I literally could not see the pin. But I, I you, know, you change your focus. I, I look at the spot I want to hit. I don't look for the pin. I look, I look at the spot I want to hit, and I, in my secondary focus, I can see the pin when it gets where I want, and Mr. Right Hand goes, all right, all systems, go! Um, and I'm shooting really good out to out to 70 yards. I could tell, I'll tell you a story about an axis buck, but I missed this huge gobbler and I went, all right, I guess we'll go buy a butterball. Um, so, so uncle Ted, the whack master, um, missed his only shot at a beautiful Turkey. And it was because of the light condition, but I know this stuff. 
But you know, my eyes are getting, they're not what they used to be. In fact, you know, I shot instinctive forever. And then about 15 years ago, Brian Schupack down at Schupack Sporting Goods in Jackson goes, you know, let me, let me just set up a pip and a pin and, and a kisser button. Let me, let me set up this new stuff. And I, I struggled to make the transition from uh, bare bow to sights, but I did make the transition. Uh, but Mr. Turkey, I think as he is running away, I, I think I saw a hint of a middle finger. <laughs> I think that was a middle finger from Mr. Gobbler as he ran away. Well, I, I'll tell you. do that, and then I play my guitar. I got my guitar down here. I don't know if you can hear the guitar, but I played my guitar every day. I play... Promises we make are the promises we were built to keep. If you'd like to help support the Greenway Outdoors, please like and comment on this podcast and subscribe to all of our channels. Anyhow, I play my guitar, I write my articles. I write for Deer and Deer Hunting, for Texas Trophy Hunters, for the Outdoor News, um, for Adventure Sports Outdoors. Um, I do media every day. I uh, have, uh, so, uh, you know, some uh, venison sausage and eggs, and and uh, I work on my trucks. I I, I I do ranching, farming, trapping. You know, I I, I sight in my rifles. I, I train with my uh, carry gun at the uh, the range. So my daily activity is what you see on Spirit of the Wild TV. It's literally the life that I lead, and it's very fulfilling, and I do charity work. We did a, a, a donation, one of my autographed guitars for the great Texas State Trooper Chad Walker, and it raised the top dollar for his family because he was killed in the line of duty thanks to the uh, failed court system and the engineered recidivism that goes on in this country. The engineered recidivism, the repeat offenders that the courts guarantee. So I, I'm involved, I'm alive. I'm an American. I have a responsibility to give back. I plant food plots. I, I, I feed wildlife. I, 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 I just live life to the fullest. Um, I, I'm so lucky. I thank God every day coming out of the Chinese virus that I still have this unbelievable energy and passion for the things, my guitar, the music, Shemaine, I, I talk to my kids, my grandkids, uh, my brother Jeff, my, my sister Kathy. Um, I, I, I carpe diem, man. I seize the day every damn day. Yeah, and I, it is so inspiring. And one of the things that's unique about you is obviously how creative you are. We have like a very unique situation here where 
if I hear a guitar at our office upstairs, that means AJ or Ryan have hit a spot in whatever they're editing where they need to take a second and be uh, on their guitar. Turn it. By the way, you got to give them a private lesson. When we come see you, they are dying for you to teach them a thing or two. That'd be awesome. Love to do that. And I got to tell you, you have my permission anytime you want to play that unbelievable spirit soundtrack uh, opening lick of. Feels like October in here. See that all day. Look at this. Can you see that? Some of those tones you're getting on the 12th fret are just insane. Get me down. Get back. Down, boy. It's gonna be okay. Um, yeah, you're 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 welcome to play that incredible, compelling, love lick of the Fred Bear song anytime you guys want for a little bumper moment. Just just a stab here and a stab there. In fact, you can use all my stuff. I mean, just think. Just, what what guitar licks represent your anticipation of an elk mountain climb better than guitar guys is the microphone delivering the the pulse the grunt the grind the chunk the the the, the meat the fiber the protein of my guitar sound because in this room it's absolutely amazing <laughs> well those gibson humbuckers will definitely help you out there that's for sure <laughs> that was awesome Netflix anytime you want kyle well we love it we love it uncle ted i want to ask you one more question a little bit random but we're talking about health, and we're talking about something that is actually coming up a lot in Michigan. We're supposed to have a really bad tick season. People are starting to hit the woods uh, looking for morel mushrooms here. We're starting to see some success. Um, I know they're talking about good eating right there. Put it in the real butter, fry it up in a pan, and oh. I would like if you could, you know, I lean on you a lot for expertise of things that you can really only gain with the knowledge of time. And ticks are one of those things. Can you talk to me about your experience with ticks and any advice you would share with our viewers about ticks when they head out into the woods this spring? Well, it's certainly a very important subject, and it's a very dangerous situation out there because of the Lyme disease um, that that is spread all across this country. I know some people that have had the Lyme disease, and they've really struggled. It's uh, certainly, um, I think, uh, is as ugly and dangerous as the Chinese virus because the uh, symptoms of Lyme disease uh, parallel a lot of the most treacherous 
uh, symptoms, the, the lack of energy, the, uh, the, uh, the, the fatigue, the, uh, the body aches and the, the joint aches and the, uh, and, and just the, the neurological, um, uh, comprom compromising that takes from Lyme disease. So, you know, even though I understand the tick danger and I, I check my dogs all the time and I, one of my favorite things in life is checking Shemaine for ticks. <laughs> oh, another podcast. In fact, that would qualify as a podcast. Anyhow, my point is, is that, is that we need to take uh, preventive measures. And I think using uh, proven uh, anti-tick, whether DDT or the, the different uh, 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 compounds that are available out there um, around your ankles and around your socks and the bottom of your pant legs and maybe over the top of your shoes. Um, here in Texas, we have a chigger. I mean, just literally invisible microscopic little bastards um, that leave these very painful little red dot. And it's almost impossible to stop the little things. Um, so we have some chigger uh, preventive that we put around our belt and uh, around our, our, our cuffs of our, the cuffs of our pants. And sometimes we go to the measure of treating your socks in the top of your shoes and then uh, 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 duct taping your pant legs and, and spraying around there too, especially when we hit South Texas. I went nil guy hunting here a couple months back, just shot two beautiful bulls, just amazing. And uh, it's chigger tick hell down there. But I think all of us dog lovers and everybody, everybody who is really a great human is a dog lover. And we need to check our dogs. And there are some products out there too. Um, I, I wish I knew the names of them, but they come in little tubes with cotton that is treated with um, a, a combination of a, a tick attractant and killer. And the, the mice will come in and grab these little balls of cotton that are treated to make their nests. And I think chipmunks and other little varmints do that, which are an incredible facilitator of the tick. And they'll make their nest out of these treated cotton uh, uh, balls, and it will kill the ticks before they can bring them to you. And I'm outdoors every day, and I love woodchuck hunting in Michigan. I, I love stalking the fence rows for woodchucks, and they're usually ticky. And I squirrel hunt year-round, and they're ticky. Um, I trap varmints year-round. They're ticky. In Texas, when, you, when we kill a deer, and we kill a lot of them, and we put them on the trough where we where we gut them and skin them their their white belly hairs are always covered in ticks so it's it's a serious um uh danger uh you want to come in happy happy's trying to open the door uh but by the way I, I i i hug and kiss and wrestle and spoon my dogs every day so we really got to be due diligent about ticks but it's an important issue it's, it's a good thing you brought that up that would be a good uncle ted deck tip on Spirit of the Wild TV and for you to do on Greenway Outdoors. But uh, preventive measures uh, is re are really important, and I think everybody should apply those. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, yeah, ticks are – they are dangerous. And we just came back from a trip. We actually celebrated New Year's Eve in Texas, and we, uh, we did some whitetail hunting. And one of the deer we got, I've never seen so many in my life. So when you're heading out in the woods, those of you watching, pay attention, check everything. You know, you know, if you've got a great partner like Shemaine, check them over too, uh, and make sure that you're looking out for that. Uncle Ted, we have a couple episodes. We leave Wednesday, and we're going to be going to Oklahoma, 
and we're going to be fishing for the prehistoric giant fish called the paddlefish. Um, I know it. With the Wyandotte Nation in Oklahoma, Chief Billy Friend's a good friend of ours uh, and an excellent leader of that um, of that nation, and we're excited to go there, fish for that fish. Then we're go because we like a little excitement. We're going noodling for catfish in Oklahoma after that, so we're hoping to not have all of our fingers. And then lastly, we actually get to go. We're going to be just on the tip of Oklahoma and Texas where we're going to be hunting for audads because we've never done it. I've never even seen one in person. So if you had, so if a, you had a Uncle Ted tech tip for us on audad hunting or any of those other crazy excursions, what would it be? Well, number one, a big salute to you, the youth of America, you and your team, Kyle, for being willing to travel that much. Because as you noticed on Spirit of the Wild, we don't produce my show. We just hit the record button. And <laughs> I just... Do what I do, but I I am so allergic to travel. I you'll notice that all of our shows are either on our Michigan grounds, or our Texas Spirit Wild Ranch grounds, or a couple other places. My buddy Greg Mosing down in Uvalde's got just a dream deer operation. That I've seen you do Alaska bear too. So I don't travel much. So thank you for doing that because you, the way you guys produce your show, you bring us with you. And, and we live vicariously through you guys. And you do such a great job of representing the spirit of our conservation families uh, that my only Uncle Ted recommendation is keep doing what you're doing. Now, regarding the paddlefish and, and noodling, uh, that looks like fun. And those slabs are delicious, obviously. You get some great, great pure organic meat out of the deal when you when you noodle and, and paddlefish. But the the owadad is a is a mystical beast. I've killed lots and lots of owadad hunting in Texas since the 1960s. They were brought from the north slope of Africa. It's a Barbary sheep. The owadad, a u a o u d a d. They're a majestic beast that the old rams give giant swirling horns and a big shaggy cape up front, chaps that that blow in the wind. They're a sturdy animal. They're notorious for taking a lot of lead, but I think that's a, an old wife's tale because if you hit them right with a solid round, or I've killed almost all of mine with the bow and arrow. Um, Shemaine's killed giant Awadad with her little 30-pound Matthews bow with a two-blade broadhead, and I've watched every one of her giant rams die. They, their lungs are you know, perforated, and they run out of air and they die. Right. So small miss small i think if your shot placement on the owadad is the exact same you would on an elk or or, or a deer you know crowd the shoulder if you're using a good uh a rifle uh the proper bullet design which the today nowadays I, I i'm using all this um this remington stuff i don't hope i don't tread on your any of your sponsors but this this core lock stuff that i started using in 1964 <laughs> i still use remington core lock stuff and I killed my nil guy, which are also notorious for taking a lot of lead, but I hit them in the shoulder and they died. Um, so shot placement, uh, they're ultra wary. You know how a deer, especially us Michiganiac whitetail hunters, those does will be looking all around and then they'll pretend to go down to get a bite of food. Now look right back up. <laughs> Make that move when, they're, when their guard is down. Their guard is never down. And our dad does that times a hundred. They will stand like statues. And they will scan their hearing, their eyes, their nose are just as good as God has ever created. 
and they'll take a step, and then they stop and start looking again. I've watched them do that for 15, 20 minutes before they take another step. It takes them an hour to go 40 yards, um, coming to a food plot or coming to acorns or coming to some uh, big-time feed that we put out. But they're, they're a magnificent animal, and don't underestimate their flesh. A lot of people think that, oh, dad, are too gamey. Well, there's no such thing as too gamey. If you think it's too gamey, it's probably because you have urine on the meat. Um, gamey is good. Gamey is why we like game, because it's gamey. It's not harsh. If, you, if people you know, furrow their brow and twist their nose because it was gamey, I guarantee it was mishandled. <laughs> but our dad, you have to get the little um, uh, glands. There's little glands between the two hams on each hindquarter. And if you don't get that gland out of that ham and you grind it into burger, that's not gamey. It's putrid. It's, it, you can't eat it. So when people say that they don't eat our dad because they somehow didn't get those two little glands, it's about the size of the tip of your thumb, and it's right between the, the ham groups. You know, you can actually separate the hams on most big game with your fingers. You don't even have to cut it. You can just pull them apart between the white silver and the, 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 the connecting tissue. And there's two little glands in there. But I'll tell you, you kill that owl, Dad, even if it's an old ram. And I hope you do because they're magnificent trophies. But you need, to, you need to gut them and clean them immediately. You have to get the entire esophagus and windpipe out of it. I don't know why, but when you when you do, Fred Bear said his favorite meat in the world is wild sheep ribs. And if you get that owl dad clean and you take the esophagus and windpipe completely out, you skin it and quarter it and put it in a cooler for at least a week. Great. Who think otherwise mishandled it? The Awadad is as good as all those. I mean, we have Corsicans and Barbarossas and we have Mouflons. You hunted uh, Hawaii. I've killed and eaten Mouflons. If it's handled properly, it's all wonderful, wonderful venison. Absolutely. Uncle Ted, that is excellent advice, and we're going to take that with us when we go on the trip. I just wanted to say one more time from all of us here at the Green Outdoors thank you for your kindness, thank you for your inspiration. Thank you for the guidance that you've given us over the years, even before you knew us. Thank you for advocating the way that you do. Thank you for caring. Thank you for inspiring a kid from Madison Heights, Michigan, to start a TV show with his best friends. Absolutely, we thank you. Well, you know, I use the term blood brothers. The Native American people were uh, blood brothers. They were there for each other. And we are Native Americans. We are indigenous. We are spirit blood brothers of God's miraculous creation, hands-on conservation, resource stewardship, drive of duty and responsibility to the good earth that prov provides us life itself. And the air, soil, and water quality can only come from one source, healthy wildlife habitat. That is the legacy of hunting, fishing, and trapping. You represent that beautifully. You represent it with gusto and a youthful in vigor, vigor and uh, piss and vinegar. And uh, even though I'm old, I'd like to think that I still do that because we are very passionate. And I salute all you guys because, because what the outdoor lifestyle represents to us, it is recreation. It could just be a weekend fun thing to do because it does recreate. It recreates our spirit. It, 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 it eliminates stress better than anything in the world. But those 
guys like you who are nuts. You love it. You can't live without it. You've got to go. If the rut happens, there's no way you're not going. Um, and, and that is alive and well across this country. You see our friends on the bone collectors and uh, the, the uh, Eichlers and the Primos guys and all these wonderful TV show guys that just live it and they go and they go and they go and they go. You do a great job of representing the spirit and the love affair that we have as actual participants in nature. And you're literally doing God's work out there. I know you know that, but you you deliver it with mucho gusto. <laughs> that, and I thank you for your kind words. And I know that when I was sick, that you guys were praying for me. And you tell your mom, I know that, and I love her madly. And I appreciate the time to share your uh, Greenway Outdoors electronic campfire here. And I uh, can't wait to see you when I get back to Michigan. And hopefully we'll, we'll, uh, we'll singe a slab or two around a campfire at some point. I can't wait. Uncle Ted, before you go, tell everyone how they can watch your Spirit of the Campfire podcast every single week. Yeah, well, first of all, I welcome everybody to come to my Facebook, even though it's oppressed and suppressed and it's, uh, it's censored a lot. Um, the, the energy and the intellect and the cockiness and the, and the, the humor on my Facebook. If you go to uh, tednugent.com, I, I signed another 20,000 of these here recently. You can get an autograph, personally autographed, come and take it, Ted Nugent hat. I signed um, another couple thousand of these. Oh, by the way, when you ask about what I do every day, in between all that squirrel hunting and running around and doing my chores, I go to my shop, to my sweatshop, and I signed this. <laughs> so if you want some autographed uh, defiant American freedom battle cry regalia, um, you can get it at tednugent.com. And of course, if you really want to see what a person is made out of, wear this. <laughs> and down the street, um, people that scowl and get hurt are idiots. People that laugh and say thank you are great Americans. So you, you can get all the stuff at my website. And I got to tell you, Kyle, um, I want to thank everybody out there. Look at this beautiful Michigan knife that a young, uh, an old man, actually, not as old as I am, Mike Wells up there in Gaylord, Michigan. He made this out of a Michigan elk shed, and he presented it to me, thanking me for standing up for what he and his family believe in. And I'm going to tell everybody right here on Greenway Outdoors, don't send me stuff. I don't want you to give me stuff. That's not what this is about. But this, can you imagine the hours and the effort to create this beautiful Michigan elk blade? And he wrote me this kind letter. And I, oh, but we talked about what I do every day. I have a mountain of mail every day. And again, the love, the support for what you and I know, know to be and celebrate truth, logic, and common sense. Thank you, Mike Wells and his family, his uh, Sarah Shaw. Thank you, everybody out there, for all the positive energy. We, we did our 500th Ted Nugent Spirit of the Wild show 32 years later, and uh, it, it's always been a, a high-rated show because I don't play games. I don't, I don't pretend. I don't candy-coat anything. And killing game is perfect. Whacking and stacking is perfect. Feeding soup kitchens and homeless shelters, renewable, pure venison is perfect. 
killing game and feeding your family is perfect. And it's always been the tip of the culture war spear. So we need to stand up for it, promote it, celebrate it, and communicate it to our mayor, senator, congressman, and governor on a regular basis so they know that we hunt, fish, and trap, and that's wise use, sustain yield conservation. And in Michigan, it's become an embarrassment. When I watch that Warden's TV show, I feel so sorry for those guys. I say that, I say that all... Yeah. Every time we watch it, what do I say? He he brings it up all the time that, that he feels. I'm like, I'm on the times, wrong side. Yeah. I feel like I'm on the wrong side. I can't do this. I can't do it. It's so frustrating. Here's here's how you here's how you manage waterfowl. You determine what the surplus percentage is and what the bag limit is. That's it. <laughs> Shooting hours when you can see them. Number of rounds you fire. What does that have to do with six ducks? Right. Why are you getting in trouble for having a plug in your gun from 1937 during the Dust Bowl? <laughs> and people are being fined when they're hunting ducks with a duck license, a duck stamp, a federal stamp, with the right gun in the right area. What, what role does a plug? Well, it keeps them from sky busting. No, it doesn't. They'll sky bust with three shells. <laughs> So I'm telling you, I, I love the game wardens, but look inside your soul, guys. What are you doing? What, what are you doing? Is it deer season? Is that a deer rifle? Is that the deer woods? Leave the guy alone. Right. Do you want deer killed? Does the ag department want deer killed? The highway department want deer killed? Do the insurance companies want the deer killed? The DNR want the deer killed? Do the families want to eat deer? Leave us the hell alone. It's deer season. I have a deer license. That's all you need to know. Right. Yeah. Sure that. But Amer Michigan has become the laughing stock of the hunting community across America, and it breaks my heart because the best conservation families in the world are still in Michigan. And I salute them, but you need to call your elected employees and tell them to get these regulations based on science, not some anti-hunting punk in Lansing. Drive safely. <laughs> you know, we just we just got back from a trip to Idaho where we were filming a rainbow trout and cutthroat trout episode. We worked we we worked directly with the Department of Natural Resources there in the Snake River, talking about how too many rainbow trout in that river is ruining the cutthroat fishery. Anyhow, we got to spend so much time with Game and Fish there, and I have got to tell you, I was almost emotional in the car with them, driving in our brand new Ram truck, driving there to go to our spot, talking about it, how much they cared and loved, and how every decision they made was based on the surveys that they took from hunters and fishermen, and how they're not focused on this because that's not what the hunters and fishermen care about. They're focused on this because that's what they're telling us to do. That's what they care about. Yeah. And I said to him, I said, it's so refreshing to hear this, but I told him about the bait ban. I told him about the Sand Hill Cranes, and they didn't believe me. They didn't believe me that Michigan... Farmers are allowed to take sandhill cranes because there's so many of them for crop damage, but they're not allowed to consume their beautiful, amazing flesh. They have to burn it. They, they have, have to, to burn it. And the people, the fishing game in Idaho thought I was joking. They thought I was joking. And that's that's something, someone that cares about conservation, I you know, 
60% of hunting and fishing licenses in Michigan, as it sits today, are sold to white males over the age of 55. If we don't replace that demographic, we're in big trouble. But how do I replace it when people get fined and don't want to hunt anymore because the zipper on their gun is opened a little bit while they're in their side-by-side -side on their way out to their duck blind? And those are the things that we have to really get on. That The, beer, the deer baiting breaks my heart for so many reasons. It, no science based on it whatsoever. CWD doesn't appear when you move a, a sack of apples 100 yards. It doesn't become new. Yeah, you know, the, the, the crane thing, why wouldn't they just put a season in place, have bag limits set, have sustained yield, and have those dollars for the licenses go towards the conservation of this beautiful bird so that we can all consume it and eat it, get more people out in the outdoors and not scared to death to make a mistake? Why can't I take my bow and arrow that has to be cocked back like this. Why can't I have that in the back seat of my truck while I'm driving without a case? By the way, Kyle, you can now because I worked with Tom Leonard and there is no bow case law in Michigan. But these idiots in the DNR are still enforcing a law that doesn't exist. You can throw your bow on the back seat now. You can carry it in your hand on your side by side. We passed the law, but the government bureaucrats don't even know that. We got rid of it three years ago and they're still giving tickets. Wow. I, I think I'm going to drive around with it visible with the hopes that I get stopped just to have that in interaction. My phone, I have a copy of the regulations because uh, I've never met a DNR officer that even knows. Not only that, but just take a pause and try to come up with the answer to the question, what role does a bow case play in conservation? What role does case law play in wildlife management? Why can't I hang on to my gun driving to my blind in Michigan? Because I can do it in a whole bunch of other states and zero problems occur. I'm telling you, it, it's, it's just obscene, the abuse of power and the anti-hunting regulations. You got to have a team of lawyers in your blind with you to, to interpret the regulations. We, so, so if there are some good game wardens out there, and I'm sure there are, but if you're not challenging idiotic anti-science-based hunting laws, you're not the friend of the hunter. The Michigan hunting families don't respect you because you don't respect us. I, when we talked to the people in Idaho, one of the fundamentals that they talked about was how every single person at the top in their fish and game had worked their way up from the lowest of position that they don't hire people in from the outside, that you have to basically hold every position before you're allowed to be at that top level. And because of that, the respect and the understanding for all of the game wardens that are out there and the respect and admiration for the people and the surveys and what they really want is there. And because of that, you're seeing extremely successful and extremely science-based conservation in Idaho. So I do commend them for that. And on top of that, they have a very supportive governor that for every one law that's made, two need to be taken away. That's Ryan. He's saying that, and it'll it'll be, when it goes live and everyone sees this, everything will be heard a little bit better. But what Ryan was saying was the governor there is also 
very science-based and very supportive of the outdoor industry there. And, uh, you know, when the bait ban, when science was going to prevail here, our governor vetoed it without yeah. knowing anything about anything that has to do with deer baiting and the consequences of that and the amount of sales. And I say that it'll be the third year that it'll be the hardest hitting because when people continually go up, we have a youth hunt every year. I take up 13 to 15 kids to our property in uh, Mesick, Mich Michigan and Wexford County. I know you know it well. We take the kids up there and we have a youth hunt. Now in years past, the way it's set up there, as you know, in Michigan, we've got about 450 acres there. We have blinds set up in different good ambush positions so the kids can have a high kill ratio. The bait is a tool used to bring the deer to give those kids the right opportunity, but also allow them to make a very ethical shot under the most exciting moment of their life when buck fever's coursing through their veins. We're giving them that solid opportunity. The one, uh, one year, this was a couple years ago, we had a 13 of 15 kids harvested deer. The bait ban came. We did a lot with pop-ups, moving things around, uh, you know, different uh, mock scrapes, things like that um, to do the best we could. But the number went down to two the following year. The third year came and we could only get seven of those kids to go up north that next time. They wow. weren't interested in going because they didn't see anything or they didn't have success. And now the deer numbers are going up and anyone with a brain knows we need to harvest about a third of them in order for there be enough food for them to make it through the winter. And we could be on the cuffs of a complete population bust. Science shows us that and our governor vetoed it and that makes no sense to anybody. And the stamp of absurdity goes back to what I said previously. The government doesn't allow us to use feed to responsibly harvest the proper percentage but then they take our tax dollars and they use feed to clean up what they forced us to mess up with. It's, it's, it's un, and by the way, we'll just wrap up the, the debate, but it, if you're against baiting deer, then you're against 90% of Michigan hunting families. Then you're against 90% of the Michigan hunting families that still use it. All the attractants on the shelves of Jays and everywhere else, gone. All the bags of corn and apples and beets and carrots on every, every gas station, it's gone because there is universal defiance and refusal to comply with an illegal d decree because Michigan has a law that says they have to use sound science, and there is no sound science. And I'll wrap it up by telling you this. Fred Bear, great man, definitive conservationist, a man of untouchable, immeasurable integrity. I hunted with Fred in Grouse Haven for many, many years, and every stand that Fred took me to was baited. Fred Bear hunted over bait. Fred Bear was a good man of great ethical integrity. If you think hunting over bait is unethical, you are an idiot. You are a self-centered, egotistical, holier-than-thou, elitist punk. Because if you don't want to hunt over bait, it's pretty simple. Don't. But shut up and let the Michigan families harvest their venison that brings them not just the pleasure, but the incentive to keep that economy going 
to keep the small businesses north of Grand Rapids alive and to adequately harvest the responsible percentage of surplus deer each year to minimize waste, minimize highway destruction, minimize agriculture destruction, minimize insurance waste, and bring balance to the land. It's so simple, it's stupid. I couldn't have said it better myself, and I think that's exactly where we wrap this up. Uncle Ted, perfectly stated, as always. Thank you for being a friend. Thank you for being a mentor. Thank you for coming on today. Uh, check out his podcast as well. Go to his Facebook, Spear of the Wild Campfire. It's yep. amazing with John Brinkus. Uh, we did an episode together. It was absolutely amazing. Check it out. Truth, logic, common sense. Thank you so much for tuning in to Green Outdoors. Uncle Ted, thank you so much, and have a wonderful day. You bet. God bless your entire team. You're doing God's work there. I salute all of you guys. I do consider us blood brothers, uh, Ryan and AJ and, and Kyle and your whole family, everybody out there. God bless you. Carry on. Uh, keep that spirit of the wild strong and free. And I can't wait to see uh, you guys around a campfire sometime. I'll be up in Michigan soon and uh, we'll have to get together and, and maybe do a cross-pollinating filming of Greenway Out Outdoors and Spirit of the Wild Campfire and do some hell raising. That'd be roasting cool. Something. That'd be cool. We're in. We love you. Thank you. Godspeed, guys. Greenway Outdoors forever. Yeah. Yeah. That was awesome.